Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life. We are convinced that the Bible is God's holy word, perfect and without error. Its perfection delivers what is good and beneficial for those who hear it and heed it. It is perfect for it leads us to the perfect one, the Lord Jesus. He is the bread of life. Let us seek him together through God's word. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. Do you know what's one of my favorite times of the year? The end of May, when school gets out. It takes me back to the carefree days of my youth. Yet for some who are passing out of school one last time, it's a time for them to graduate into the work world and real life. And for them, it's time to put into practice what they've learned. The same is true for the Christian. The time comes when what Jesus has taught you needs to be applied in the harsh world of real life. Well, we're approaching graduation season. And there are going to be a lot of speeches that are going to be given in just a little while at the various high schools around the valley here. Themes like learning from your mistakes, finding your inspiration in life, never giving up on your dream, your hidden potential to be a difference maker are all laid out and waiting to be developed by the next high school valedictorian. There's a happy naivety about going to those events, and those kids are celebrating. And we don't want to rain on the parade. I mean, 12 years of being in the prep school period and being able to graduate from that is a pretty exciting thing. And it, it's a liberating thing to know that you don't have to wake up the next morning at such and such a time to get to, to school. And I think the first month after you graduate, your parents just let you sleep in. I think that's what we did. And then you just enjoy a little bit of the summer, and then you start facing the reality of well, you didn't really graduate yet. You've just graduated to go on to do the next thing. Let's let them have their fun. Let's let them be excited. Let's not rain upon them. Let's not fill them with too much negativity. They'll figure it out soon enough. In fact, actually, the realities of life will prove themselves when you go to your 10-year or your 20-year or, for me, your 40-year high school reunion. And you'll see the influence of what they were naive about bearing in on their lives. It'll be shown on their faces, and it will at times shock you. So it's coming to them whether they know it or not, and just as well that they don't know all those things at this point in time. But the Lord Jesus, when he's speaking to his disciples in the passage we're looking at right now, is actually, in a sense, in a loose manner of speaking, he's conducting a graduation banquet here. And he's giving them somewhat of a graduation lesson because they're about ready to move out. He's about ready to give them their orders and their instructions. They've had three or four years learning from him and studying under him, but now they're moving out not to be the learners, but to be the instructors, and not to be the ones that are just gathering the information, but the ones who are disseminating his truth to others. They're about ready to receive their assignment, and as the Lord Jesus prepares to give them their assignment, he begins to lay down before them the hard truths that they're going to have to deal with and be prepared for, and the hard realities that are going to face them as they carry out this mission that lies before them. The fact is that if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, at some point in time, you've got to go through a graduation period, and where you move from the point of that initial stage in which, in a sense, it's like babies when they're first born. They have a certain kind of immunity that they draw in from their mother's milk, and they're fine for a period of time, but it's going to pass. It's going to go away. And their bodies are going to have to adjust to all the different insults that they're going to come against them in the world. And they're going to have to be growing and preparing until the time in which we send them out of our homes as adults and they live their own lives. There are periods in the Christian life like that as well. And when you first become a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, there's an enthusiasm and a zeal that seems to carry you through the very hard realities of life. There's a witness that 
flows up naturally from you in that point of exuberance and you're willing to tell anyone. You haven't yet been rejected. And the truth is so wonderful, you think everybody wants to hear it too. And prayer comes easy for you as well. And compared to the darkness and the bleakness and the sin that hung over your life before you came to him, everything seems easier and lighter. But at some point, the baby Christian graduates out of the nest to the sterner realities of the Christian life And they find out that there's a battle that's raging all around them and that they're the target of the enemy's fire. And in the midst of that battle, at some point in time, all of us will encounter a battle fatigue, a weariness of living in the midst of spiritual warfare. The Lord Jesus is giving his disciples an honest graduation speech filled with reality. This morning, what we want to do is we want to just listen into a portion of what it is that the Lord Jesus said to them. In 42 days, Christ is going to give these disciples their marching orders. They're to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Those orders that he gave to those disciples, he gives to us as well. We have to understand that those orders belong to us as well. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the commands that the Lord Jesus laid before those disciples in that early church have been inherited by us, and they're a command that rests upon us as well. And at this moment... As he speaks to these individuals, these disciples, he's going to tell them a little bit about what they should expect and just a little bit about what it's going to take for them to meet those orders. And here's basically the proposition that we see and what we find in the words of the Lord Jesus here. The proposition is this. The growing Christian's work will be done in the midst of grave difficulties. He must give his all to complete the task. And only when he gives his all is it enough. The growing Christian's work will be done in the midst of grave difficulties. He must give his all to complete the task. And only when he gives his all is it enough. Let's look at the first one. The growing Christian will carry on his work in the midst of grave difficulties. Let's look at verses 35 and 36 again. The Lord Jesus said to them, When I sent you without money bag and knapsack and sandals, did you lack anything? So they said, Nothing. Then he said to them, But now, he who has a money bag... Let him take it, and likewise a knapsack. And he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. Now, if you were there and you received that advice, what would you think that it meant? What would you surmise from what the Lord was telling you? Gentlemen, the task is about to notch up and rise in its difficulty. You're about ready to face some challenges and hardships, and you're going to have to steer yourself for it, and you're going to have to prepare yourself for it, and so it's time to cinch up your belt and get ready to face the challenge. As the Lord Jesus speaks, they have no inkling, really, for whatever reason, the Spirit of God has shielded their minds, or maybe it's their own triumphal attitude that's been building over the last three or four years that's kept them from seeing this, but they have no inkling of what immediately lies ahead of them. Understand that when the Lord Jesus says this, he's saying this just as they're about ready to pass out from the door of the upper room where they had this meal together to go to the Garden of Gethsemane where he's about to be betrayed and led away from them. Just a matter of hours, Christ is going to be betrayed. He's going to be bound and led from their presence. They're all going to scatter like sheep without a shepherd in fear and panic. They're not anticipating and understanding the death that is going to be the Lord Jesus and just ours. They've yet to begun to understand the devastation that they're going to feel in a short moment. Having said all that, I don't believe that's what the Lord Jesus is referring to. He's not speaking to them this moment simply to prepare them to steal themselves to pass through the next 
few days of difficulty and challenge. I think the Lord Jesus is casting himself forward as something that they're going to need to remember. It's going to be something they're going to draw upon in the future. He's letting them know because they're going to face a challenge and a difficulty in fulfilling the commandment that he places before them and the commission that he gives them. He's looking ahead to that time in which he will depart from them and go into heaven after his resurrection. And he'll give a direction to them. You'll, you'll remember it. It's found at the end of Matthew chapter 28. He says, you're going to have to go into all the world and you're now going to make disciples for me. You're going to teach them and you're baptize them, making disciples for me in all nations. You're going to preach the good news of my death for man's sins, of my resurrection for man's new life. You're going to tell them that I'm returning again one day to judge the earth, but, but right now I'm before them as their Savior and they're to believe in me and trust in me for the forgiveness and remission of sins. That's your job. That's your task. That's what you're to do. Now, the Lord Jesus is telling them in advance that fulfilling that job and that tax, they're going to face challenges and difficulties. Actually, take your Bibles to John chapter 15. And keep yourselves there in Luke, but go to John chapter 15. Look at the last two verses of John chapter 15 and the first three verses of John chapter 16. So it's verses 26 and 27. These words that we're going to read in John are actually words that were also delivered by the Lord Jesus in that upper room speech that upper room discourse that he had with his disciples. This gives you somewhat of the context for what follows up and what Luke says, the Lord Jesus said. I assume that what we've been looked at here in Luke chapter 22 is in a sense a follow-up or an added point to what he's making here in John chapter 15. Jesus says, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Listen, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to bring to you the experience and the power of my life. And he's going to give that witness to your lives. And as a result, you are going to bear out from what you've experienced from me now. And what he's going to bring to you, the ongoing witness of my life and my truth. And by the way, as believers in Jesus Christ, if you receive him as your Savior, you've received the Holy Spirit now. And the Holy Spirit came to you for one purpose, and that was to make the Lord Jesus real to you. To bring to you the life and the presence and the reality of Christ. And he brought it to you to bear witness in your life of Christ's presence so that you would be a witness also of what you've experienced. And the church that is not bearing witness to Christ in the world is a church that has not experienced him. Because when you experience him, you begin to bear witness in your own life to others. And then he tells them what's going to be experienced of them bearing witness. These things I've spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he's offering God service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I've told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. What's he saying? I'm not going to be with you anymore. I'm going to be leaving. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to come and bring his life and his witness of me back into your lives so that you can be a witness for me. As you go out to be that witness, you're going to face great adversity. You're going to face profound persecution. It's not going to be easy. You're going to be going out in other places. The Lord said, you're going to be going out like sheep among wolves. But you're going to go. And I'm going to be with you. 
Do you remember when I sent you out before and you didn't need a money bag and you didn't need a knapsack and you didn't need a sword? Yes. Did you need anything? No, nothing. Well, you're going to need it now. You're going to need it now. You get your knapsack. If you got an extra cloak, you sell it and buy a sword. Things are going to get different, difficult for you. For the four years of the Lord Jesus' ministry, I believe that during that time, Satan focused the profound elements of his attack and his persecution against the Lord Jesus himself. And as he was attacking and coming against the Lord Jesus, to a large extent, his disciples lived under the protection or covering of Jesus, you might say, taking the heat in their place. But when Christ ascended into heaven, Satan turned his focus upon Christ's church. And Satan will use whatever means he can to resist us in our attempt to live for Christ and to make Christ known to others. When the disciples turned out to fulfill the commandment that Jesus Christ gave to them, they immediately became objects of the enemy's resistance. The enemy would use idol makers in Ephesus to stir up angry mobs against them. He'll use robbers and wild animals and poisonous snakes and stormy seas and famine and drought and sickness and treacherous countrymen and dangerous highways and inhospitable towns and cities. And he'll turn those who seem to be their own friends against them. And he'll use financial restrictions all as tools to try to stop the progress of their mission. The disciples needed to be prepared for them that they were going to face opposition. Thanks for joining us today. To learn more about the Bread of Life ministry, go to breadoflifeboise.org. There you can also contact us with requests for this or other messages. Please join us in our next broadcast. Until then, may God bless you.